BDFM. Welcome to BDFM TV. BD TV. I'm D. I'm B over here. I'm a comedian slash scientist slash expert nap taker. I personally am a unpaid writer, food service worker, and an expert in cutting up little pieces of cucumbers. Ooh, I never knew that. <laughs> this is a podcast, not about TV, but um, inspired by TV. It's a podcast in spite of TV. It's a TV. <laughs> Maybe. It's a TV podcast. It's about being raised by TV. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't use that. We looked into that. There's two podcasts called that already. Called Raised by TV? Yeah, one of them is uh, Lauren Lapkus and John Gabris. Oh. They had a great podcast called Raised by TV in which they did some great like exploration of the 80s and 90s. I would say we uh, we would both identify as being raised by TV. I mean, it's a relatable phrase because so many people are uh, familiar with TV as the greatest babysitter we ever had. Yeah. And uh, the thing that taught us how to make jokes and understand other people and gave us a lot of cultural scripts. And only now am I realizing how much um, I was complicit in being raised by TV. I mean, I always sort of looked down on my parents for just turning on the TV and then walking away uh-huh. every day of my life. But now that you and I are mm-hmm. helping raise mm-hmm. two little ones who are addicted to watching YouTube on iPads, mm-hmm. I can see that nothing we do is going to stop that from happening. <laughs> Nothing we can do is going to stop them from being raised by iPad. Yeah. They want it to happen. We're done fighting. <laughs> yeah. And they quote, they, they'll quote YouTube videos the way we will quote The Office the or something. You know, yeah. it's, it's real to them and it's, it's a whole thing. Wow. That's true. It's all good because they'll be doing an iPad YouTube podcast re- when they're 40. When they're in their 40s. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so we do talk about TV every week. Every episode so far, we've each chosen an episode of TV, and we've brought it to the table, and we've then watched it. I mean, anything could happen, but that is the format. Mm. That's what we're doing. Each of us brings an episode of TV that's sprung to our mind that week as something we want to rewatch. Yep. It could be anything from the beginning of time, from the first TV show that Adam and Eve made, (laughs) all the way up until uh, the writer's strike. Which, uh, which is the end of TV. Effectively end of TV for uh, forever. I think uh, it's probably my week to go first. I think it is. So I'm going to... Um, this is listed as a comedy show on, on Hulu, which is, is funny to me. It's it's not the, the funniest show ever. It's almost like a melodrama, but it's really great. The writing is awesome. And it's called Reservation Dogs. Yeah. I wanted to rewatch the one about the fawn or, or deer lady, as I was Googling it and people calling her deer lady. Yeah, um, I think she might be deer woman. It's about a police ride along as well from one of the uh, the little delinquent kids. Right. The, this, the series itself, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's really worth watching. Um, it's about four teen delinquents that get into trouble a lot. The first episode is them stealing a truck full of snacks, like chips or something, and and then trying to sell the stuff for profit because they want to move to California, but then they end up like having a change of heart. and They're just <laughs> kind of little criminals, and they live on uh, this native reservation in Oklahoma, I believe. 
And they're always talking about moving to California, but they never do. I've seen very little of this show, but I have seen some of the first episodes of the first season and all the, uh, the incredible so actors. All of the actors are very good. Some of the older dudes in this series particularly are really good. Yeah, the uncle uh, Gary Farmer, Uncle Brownie, <laughs> so funny. The, yeah, the hunting one is really good uh, with Uncle Brownie. Who else? The main kids are uh, Devere Jacobs, DeFerro Wunatai, Lane Factor, and Paulina Alexis. Uh, Starlin Harjo is the uh, writer and director in association with our best buddy Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Future friend of the pod. He, a native of um, of uh, New Zealand, Sterling Harjo, a native of North America. Great show. I've, I don't remember exactly what happens, but I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, I am excited to revisit it. This is an FX show, which I assume means it's streaming on Hulu. Yep, it's All an right. FX show. We're going to stream it on Hulu. It's season one, episode five. It's called Come and Get Your Love. Yeah, we might have a, a like... A sort of 70s 80s theme here because yes. it's it's set in this show is set in current times i believe pretty much but this one has a lot of flashbacks to the 80s and mm. a lot of just sort of classic rock which ties in with what you're bringing to the table today freaks and geeks awesome another show that is streaming on hulu it is a show about a bunch of teen delinquents that um run around and smash mailboxes and skip school and smoke cigarettes and stuff. It's uh, going to be a very similar vibe in some ways, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Uh, comparing these two groups of teens. It's set in 1980, at least it begins in 1980 in Michigan? Near there? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to get that wrong because, you know, because I'm a Californian and we don't learn geography. We just stare well, out at the You don't ocean. need to <laughs> when you live in California. I don't know any of the other states. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks, geez, started the career of Paul Feig, Judd Apatow, Jake Kasdan, Linda Cardellini, James Franco, mm-hmm. Seth Rogen, Sam Levine, Busy Jason Segel, Busy Jason Phillips, Siegel. Martin Starr. Oh, yeah, John Francis Daly. David Gruber um, Allen's in it. Yeah, it's all great. And uh, this is an episode... The second to the last episode that ever aired. The show had already been canceled when it aired. After one season. After one season. They knew that it was ending. And so, and I know this because I have read and reread the Vanity Fair look back on Freaks and Geeks 10 years later or something. Because oh. it's collected in Judd Apatow's book, mm-hmm. which is called something. It's called... Um Freak how, like how to me die laughing. Something. <laughs> <laughs> something about com- comedy. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, he has a collection of, of interviews that he did with everybody in comedy. One of them is a compilation of all these people in Freaks and Geeks talking about the show. This specific oh, okay. episode was something they didn't think that they could pull off or they didn't know if they could get away with this A storyline. And they went ahead and did it because they knew they were canceled anyway. And um, it's a little bit daring because it's a very early depiction of intersexuality on TV, uh, especially in like teen drama. And Hmm. it's a pleasant surprise, I would say the way that it's dealt with. Um, And yes, we get to see Seth Rogen in particular is just a little baby face in this. (laughs) So cute. Awesome. Yeah. I I don't know what the circumstances were canceling the show is, but it's crazy. It, 
It's so good. I didn't watch it when it was on in 99 slash 2000, but um, it gained cult status very quickly and people were like trading the DVDs. Like somebody handed me the DVDs and like, have, have mm-hmm. you seen Freaks and Geeks yet? And I was like, no, yeah. you have to watch this. So that's what everyone was doing like in the mid aughts basically mm-hmm. everybody was trading these dvds and being like how did this get canceled well because none of us watched it when it was on but All so right. that's uh season one episode 17 what's it called it's called the little things the little things tlt that's what we call it as always what we're about to do is take a break we're gonna go watch both of those, uh, Reservation Dogs S1E5 and Freaks and Geeks S1E17, and then report back here in mere seconds in your time. And then we're going to talk about uh, everything that uh, we feel like talking about. Mm-hmm. Every emotion and thought that is brought up by <laughs> every, this every TV possible show will be emotion and thought. It will all be explored in time. Yep, that's our promise. So... Just hang tight. Um, you can also watch along with us if you want, giving us by throwing us a f- few bucks on our Patreon. You can uh, download the watch alongs where um, you mostly just can hear the hear the show happening and <laughs> us uh, laughing along to it. Okay. <laughs> There's sometimes very hot gossip. And we throw in some hot gossip. All right, we'll be right back after this. BDFM is brought to you this week by. Micro art sales. Have you heard of NFTs? It's like if you could own a piece of the Mona Lisa, but it, but even though it's in the museum, everyone can look at it. It's like that. This is micro art sales, where you can buy a piece of, just like a pixel-sized piece of a really good piece of art, or you can get more if it's not so good. So you can buy like one fibrous thread of a Van Gogh, or like a square inch of a Basquiat. Uh, <laughs> You, you can get one broken shard of a Kuntz uh, that <laughs> fell on the floor. Don't put your money in crypto. Put your money in micro. And when you look at the art, you know that you exist in there. It's part micro of you. Art. Don't, just, don't just be an art viewer. Be an art toucher. Fine print. Micro art deposits a piece of your soul into each piece of the art that you find. Please beware. You will become a Horcrux. <laughs> See the Horcrux warning agreement for more. My crotch. We're back. back. We're back, back, back. We just watched Reservation Dogs and Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Reservation uh, Dogs. That was season one, episode five. Come and get your love. And for both, Freaks really and funny. Geeks. Both kind of dramedies, though. Reservation Dogs was funnier than I remember, but it's so dry. It's like dryly funny. The contrast between the two really makes you realize how written Freaks and Geeks is and how, like, at the time it felt really naturalistic compared to the other types of sitcoms that were on TV. I but guess. now I think the trend, you know, it's been 20 years between these shows, and I, th- I think... There's, oh, the acting is much more naturalistic, yeah, in yeah. Reservation Dogs. It's and a different the actors style, but yeah. just better. Like, yeah. no shade on Linda Cardellini, but it had a little bit of a, uh, say, by the bell... Like, Freaks and Geeks was supposed to be the anti say by the Bell in a lot of ways. Um, it was about the kids that weren't, you know, right, right. the popular kids. So mm-hmm. it was about the non-Slaters. And which, which is how the pilot opens, doesn't it? It opens. 
Is it a Saved it, by the Bell? It's sort of, oh, you know, does it, it pan across the pop kids? Yeah, it shows kids the popular kids, and you kind of think it's going to follow them, like Dawson's Creek or something, and then it. Uh, right. Uh, Dawson's Creek being after this, of course, and Busy Phillips was on that too. Oh, really? Different Dawson's Creek was after this. Oh, that I didn't even realize that. I always think of it as like. Yeah, just after I think. It was after my time, but I do fuck with the Vanderbeek. We love him. We love our beak jeans. <laughs> Callback. Yeah, both these shows really good. We'll do a little uh, summary of them. It, it was really interesting to see a teen comedy drama from 2000 set in the 80s mm-hmm. and then another teen comedy drama from a couple years ago, like two years ago, yeah, when, set in the now. When did your episode first air? Um, I'm not prepared to answer <laughs> this. August 2021 was when the show dropped on Netflix. And then yours was... Freaks and Geeks was uh, 99 slash 2000, probably, probably 2000. Pre, well, July pre of 2000, 9/11. yeah. Arguably caused 9-11. Oh, my God. The cancellation of it uh, caused Just 9/11. like reservation dogs argue. kind of caused the pandemic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me give a synopsis of what we saw. <laughs> this one was called Come and Get Your Love. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't have more of the gang in it. Bear, Willie Jack, Elora. They only pop up once for a little cameo. Mm. This one's about Cheese. He's one of the main gang. He's doing a ride-along with the cop known as Big. Um, possibly called that because he weighs about 90 pounds. And <laughs> he's a little guy. And Big's story starts with a flashback to 1985 where we see a hotshot asshole teen or early 20s man driving a... I don't know. I think it was a Mustang really fast on the country roads and just kind of being an asshole. And then he passes by a woman who's hitchhiking and immediately slams on the brakes, pulls around to pick her up. She asks for a ride to West Oklahoma, I think. And he's like, wherever you're going, babe, or whatever, says something really gross. And then we see that she, this woman has the legs of a deer. She's almost... uh, is it called a fawn in mythology? It would be like like a fawn. I think it's called a fawn when when you have a goat a goat torso and legs and a right. human top. Right. Um, centaurs throw that throw those those front legs in. What centaurs a strange have thing. Centaurs have six fucking have six limbs. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she's kind of like a fawn of, of mythology, but that would be that's that's Europeanizing. This native mythology is they they call it uh, deer lady in mm-hmm. this. Anyway, we see that Deer Lady also is holding a very deadly looking piece of a an antler in her hand, like mm-hmm. basically like a sharpened uh, three pronged knife of antler in her hand oh, God. as she gets in the uh, car with this boy. And we don't we don't know what happens. But then we pan over to see young Big, who is in the future is a cop. But at the time, uh, a young boy, and he's witnessing the dear lady drive off with the bad man. Okay, now it cuts to today, and Big is a, what they call light horseman, which is the reservation police. They keep making fun of him, like he pretty much doesn't have much authority. This actor is so good. His name is Bodie Okuma Linton. He's great. Mostly he's just going around saying hi to people. Like the main crime, quote unquote, that's happening in town is somebody has been leaving little uh, copper wire 
figurines on people's porches mm-hmm. and everybody's freaked out because it's like a kind of Blair Witch thing like what, yeah. wh- who's leaving these copper guys and then there's a report on the radio that a uh, blue pickup truck got boosted so they're just kind of driving around trying to solve the mystery of the uh, the copper figurines and they go to the scrap yard and salvage yard the, the it's slash a salvage, salvage yard, yard. scrap being a pejorative where mm-hmm. salvage sounds good they finally see the um, blue uh, pickup truck. They track it down. It's Bucky, the homeless guy. And he's like, oh, I didn't steal the car. They weren't using it. And I'm just driving around. And they find all the copper in his in the back. And <laughs> yeah. he said he stole the copper off some meth heads. So anyway, mystery solved. It was Bucky that was just driving around a stolen car, leaving figurines of copper on people's porches mm-hmm. and then because he and his wife want to sort of get into the business of selling copper bracelets to people and so for their marketing they're going to leave little wind chimey type things around and he's like when people ask me about them then i'll show them like these bracelets that he has um, oh yeah and he says that the indians of old used to wear copper to to ward off not only disease but evil spirits yes they ward off disease and evil spirits so and she's looks um, it up and he's like yeah that's true actually you know, it, we don't see the dear lady when the copper's around. So maybe th- that's, in a way, it's wording her off I was off thinking that too a for bit. a second. We don't see the dear lady in, in the now times at all. There's until, another flashback. Until the very, very end. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, at the very end. There's another flashback when uh, Big was a little kid. He was at a general store. He was in the bathroom, and some robbers <laughs> came in. He sees the uh, dear lady's hose under the bathroom door. Anyway, he finds out that the dear lady killed the robbers and basically left mm-hmm. them in a bloody pile. Is it that same time, I guess, or is it another flashback when he talks to the dear lady? The dear lady says, you know who I am, right? And he's like, yeah. And she goes, I kill bad men. You're not a bad man. Mm-hmm. But, because he's just a kid, she's like, you're going to want to give up. You're going to want to start drinking. You're going to have a bunch of kids all over the place. But don't do that. Be good, and you'll never have to see me again. Mm-hmm. And then we, we find out that Big, in the future, is telling this story to Cheese on the ride-along, and Cheese is like, wow, that's kind of like Batman's origin story, <laughs> yeah. except you're not rich, and you're kind of dumb. <laughs> um, He's so rude. very funny. And then he fixes and the radio. The kid fixes the radio, and they listen to Come and Get Your Love, even though the kid has never heard the song before. And then... Um, they, we see the dear lady, does she interact with them or we just see no, her it's get like, in the but car? No, it's like, but it's right after they drive off. It's like he never saw her because he never has to see her again. Right. So like he, he drove off yeah. and then like right when he's out of sight, she, she walks, she up walks in and, and a she Camaro drives up and she gets in the Camaro and yeah, they drive off. So now we know that these assholes in rich cars are being murdered. Mm-hmm. Basically that's. What's happening? So th- throughout the whole show, uh, Big the cop is trying to convince the kid that these forest spirits and these mythologies are, are literally true. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I think Bigfoot was here. That Does that look like a footprint to you? And the kid's like, no, it doesn't. So, the, you know, it, it's the old school. The old generation very much believes in the myths and the kids kind of don't. Mm-hmm. Th- throughout the whole thing, the kids are all very agnostic about, you know, their native beliefs Mm -hmm. but also they you know have some reverence for it and the show itself is very is is kind of agnostic about these mythologies but also has a reverence for them it depicts 
mm-hmm. mythologies as in real in the in the world of the show, but also the the kids being so like modern and like nihilistic almost just kind of also present a sort of um, agnostic or atheistic view of the world. It's very cool. It's well written, really well acted. It's a great show. Yeah. I have not seen every episode of this show, and I would love to continue watching it. Yeah. Come and get your love. And by that, I mean finish watching the show. (laughs) (laughs) And then we watched Freaks and Geeks. We rewound back to July of 2000, July 8th, 2000. This episode aired. It's season one, episode 17, Mm -hmm. The Little Things. The penultimate of all ultimate episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. Sam has finally gotten his dream girl and he realizes he wants to break up with her because she's boring, rude, Republican. (laughs) They have nothing in common. Meanwhile, Ken is dating someone who he has a lot in common with, who he really likes. She confesses to him, uh, I should say she discloses to him that she Mm. is intersex. So she she had genital surgery as a baby, which I think if the episode was made today, they might complicate a little more because she sort of just says, they made a decision to to make me be a girl and thank God because that's what I am. So, but still mm-hmm. like, you know, still a part of my life that this is like, you know, this is who I am and how I was born. And he's not really sure because they're, they're teenagers. They're early in the relationship. They haven't had sex. So he's... He's wary of what it means. He's not sure exactly what she's saying yeah. about about her genital configuration. Then we see a montage of him wondering if he's gay, looking at magazines with women in and then magazines with men. Yeah. Listening to music that's like, first he's listening he to, to disco. Bowie uh-huh. and then he's listening to hard metal and then he's listening to disco and he's like, who am I? So he's trying to figure out if he's attracted to her. That's Seth Rogen, by the that's way, that all, we're talking this is about. all. He's kind of worried about if he if he is so attracted to this girl and it's going so well with her and she's intersex and does that mean something about his sexual orientation? Because he thought well, she's like the perfect girl, but then he th- he the w- he doesn't have a very sophisticated understanding of who did in 1980 about yeah, sexuality or, in or gender. So he's kind of like she's part guy. Like he doesn't know how to explain it. He asks if his friends about it and they sort of stumble through. Well, this really is, not getting it and kind of just feeling, oh, dude, that's kind of weird. And But Nick is kind of like, oh, you shouldn't break up. Like, you guys seem so good together. This show depicted getting high and with your friends as just mm-hmm. them all kicking back. Laying on, down. Laying down on the floor and on and couches and stuff. It never shows the weed, but it's implied well, they, that they're high. They show, there's an episode that really shows a lot of the weed. Oh, really? But you're right. I think they... The network probably a- might have asked them to tone it down a little bit. There's the episode um, where Lindsay first this smokes episode weed, they don't is... show weed. They're just it's just implied that they're high yeah. and, and and they're like so not Seth, listening to any music. They're just sitting there talking. It's Seth tells weird. the secret to James uh, Franco and, and another and dude, Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. And um, later on, when they all hang out together, Franco says, "Hey guys," and Seth Rogen overreacts, thinking that he's calling his girlfriend a guy. And she gets mad at him and storms off because she realizes that he's told James Franco 
about her story and she also as incorrectly assumes that he's told all of his friends and that he's just like and they're laughing laughing at her about it when later on she comes to realize he just told franco his best friend and maybe this other guy he wasn't gossiping he's probably just really asking for advice meanwhile george hw oh, yes. bush is coming to town and he's going to speak at the high school the student body gets to ask him some questions there's a q a mr rosso our favorite guidance counselor Played by Dave Gruber Dave Allen. Dave Gruber Allen. The deadhead from Mr. Show. The naked trucker from The Naked Trucker and what's it called? Anyway, keep going. Know. Mr. Rosso has worked it out so that Lindsay gets to throw the first pitch. She gets to ask the first question at this Q&A. At first, she doesn't want to do it. He's really passionate about it. Kind of convinces her to, to do it. She protests that she's a Democrat. She doesn't want to talk to Bush. But after he convinces her, she gets into it and she's like, I'm going to ask him about <laughs> Iran-Contra. And I'm going to ask him about trickle-down trickle economics down. and all these, you know, she's getting into it. But it gets more disillusioning as as the day goes on, as Mr. Rosso tells her, they they rejected the questions that you wanted to ask and they wrote one for you. It's in, all you can ask is, where's your favorite place to eat in the state <laughs> of Michigan? She has to throw this softball and she's really... She's totally upset about this. Meanwhile, her dad only wants her to mention his sporting goods store when she goes up there. <laughs> so all of this is culminating in this vice president's visit because Lindsay is going to ask the question. Ken's girlfriend, Amy, is going to play the tuba in Hail to the Chief. And Sam's girlfriend, Cindy, is going to introduce the vice president. So Sam has realized that he's got to break up with Cindy having talked to his friends, the geeks, Neil Sam Levine is going, she's a goddess. How could you, how can you break up with her? Think about your ugly children and <laughs> yes. your ugly wife in the future. And you're going to be like, why did I break up with her? He's so funny. Anyway, she, he decides that no matter how cute she is. Uh, well, he gets good counsel from his sister. Who's his like, sister as well, yes. Attractive people aren't always good. Mm -hmm. So he takes that to heart. So he goes. Meanwhile, it's interesting because he says, I can't break up with her because she's too good for me. Yeah, it's like no one, no one, no mm -hmm. one thinks she should be with me in the first place. So how could I break up with yeah, her? Yeah, so like hold on to her. He's been considering himself below her, and now he he doesn't even like her. Mm -hmm. But as he's preparing to break up with her, he's throwing up in the bathroom <laughs> out of nerves. Ken walks into the bathroom, and uh, well, this they is have the a chat. Scene. Yeah, this they have a the chat over the sink. The crux. Sam says, "I have to break up with Cindy Sanders," and Ken's like, "I don't know why you would do that. She's hot." And he says that we have nothing in common. She didn't like the jerk. And Ken is like, oh, my girlfriend loved the jerk. <laughs> and he kind of realizes, well, wait a minute. I don't have it so bad as Sam is detailing all these issues that he has with his girlfriend, which is yeah. that they're totally incompatible. They don't even like each other. It's like and not Ken realizes right he really has no issues. Like, yeah. This girl's great. Yeah. He has a sort of an imaginary sexual potential problem that he doesn't even know. It's like totally vague and, and there's nothing there to be afraid of at all. Having realized this, he runs out and apologizes to Tuba Girl, which is what they call her in previous episodes. Tuba Girl? <laughs> <laughs> James Franco said. He runs out and apologizes so to her, and they, they kiss. He hits his head on Sam the tuba. Sam dumps the Republican. Mm -hmm. She and cries. She gives the air limb back. She does, and she introduces Bush, wiping her tears away, being very whiny. And Lindsay is introduced to ask the first question. 
She does wear her dad's sporting goods shirt. She plugs her dad's store as she asks the question. And then she says, why did your staff reject my question? Are you afraid of an open discourse with the students? There it's it is. such a good, that's, yeah. That's the button. She asks the right question. A lot of similar similarities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's similarities in seeing Cheese separated from his friends. Just as a character, he reminds me a lot of Seth Rogen's character. And speaking of the adults, there was a similarity, too, in that the cameo from Ben Stiller as, <laughs> as one of the Secret Service guys who kind of bullies Gruber mm-hmm. and is like, you were a, you know, you're on our red flag list because you were an activist in college or whatever. And then in Reservation Dogs, Big is bullied by the white cops um, mm-hmm. who I think they're supposed to be detectives because cheese wants to be a detective and he's like i have to start here meaning like you yeah. you're you as a tribal policeman are below the right. white detectives he comes to learn that you know big's a good guy and the detectives are dicks but it's sort of similar like sort of in fact they're both like long-haired sort of nerdy mm-hmm. adult men who are sort of being bullied by the man mm-hmm. that's actually that's very funny. And both of, both of these shows, you have these burnout teens who are sort of disillusioned and old beyond mm-hmm. their years. And then you have adults who are sympathetic and you have adults who are awful. Like, yes. Who just don't understand, as yeah. the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air put it. Mm-hmm. Often the parents are the ones who don't understand. Quick side note. Um, I looked up this girl who played Amy and... Uh, she died of COVID, unfortunately, oh. at the age of 38. But she only did a couple of things. She was in this, and then she was in election in the same year. Wow. And then she quit acting and became a doctor. I don't mean to overstep in gendering her, but I do believe that she was a cis woman yeah. playing this character. From what I could tell, I, I looked at so. Wikipedia. Apparently not trans, but maybe. I don't know. We we don't know. Not our business. Yeah, yeah do you want to get into that? We were, we were looking up today sort of... Um, statistics and it, mm-hmm. it's way more common than than people, people think. give credit yeah. for so there's I, I did look that up and there's two numbers that people quote the most and there's a, a wide range between these two numbers so the number that i was taught in school i think is uh 1.7 percent somewhere around there this was a claim by ann fausto sterling who was a researcher she famously wrote an essay called the five sexes she claimed that 1.7% of people could be seen as intersexual. 20 years ago, there was a paper that critiqued that and said she's lumping in a lot of syndromes that shouldn't really be counted as intersexual, some of which we talked about earlier today we'll get into. This paper claimed that the real number should be closer to something like 0.018%. Mm-hmm. Many fewer people. I think that probably how many people it is doesn't matter as much as <laughs> as all that but it is a it's a it's a political talking point to get people to open either way up to we're talking about millions of people in this w- yeah. world of seven billion plus yeah. people the old stats that i found from the intersex uh, national association for something which is defunct uh said they claimed that one or two in a hundred had some kind of you might say corrective genital surgery at birth. Seems like a lot of people. Wow, one in a hundred. 
A 2019 Turkey study found the incidence to be about 1.3 in a thousand. So these are all different statistics that are going to be quoted different ways based on people's political agendas, of course. Uh, you know, part of me wants to, you know, go towards the higher number because I think that those those syndromes Fausto Sterling was lumping in with intersexuality uh, should count as intersexuality because they complicate the definition of sex. Uh, like, well, you know, things like having an extra X chromosome, an extra Y chromosome, etc. Yeah. Well, let, let's get a little into the chromosomal science because um, I've just learned some of this stuff today, too. We generally, humans, a human will have two sets of uh, 23 chromosomes, two pairs of 23 for a total of 46. So it's like two strands. And some you can have a third set for a total of, what, 69, and that's called triploid. But also you can have just a third one on one of those pairs. Right. So you have all these pairs. You have 23 pairs. You could just have an extra one. And that's apparently super... It's it's fairly common that right. with Down syndrome is one is is one case of that and and other there are other you know ways that it can manifest. It doesn't always mean you have a penis and a vulva. It it just means that you have an extra chromosome and it could do something physically to you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or there might not be no outward signs of it. That's why it's hard to count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, On the other hand, so that's you can either have just one extra chromosome. Or you can have a full set of extra chromosomes. So there's people with XXX, X. Generally, you're either XY or XX, but some people have XXX, some people have XYX. Right. And you told me, which seems totally <laughs> weird, that some people have XYY. Yes, you can have an extra Y chromosome. And a lot of these things are... are I don't even know how that happens. If you're, if you're a stickler for the sex binary... Unfortunately, it's very easy to complicate that binary because there's a lot of, um, I mean, what would you call them? It's like a lot of switches have to be flipped on, right? Like not all the switches are flipped on for everyone for what, yeah, they don't all line up. Meaning, meaning you, you could have a genital configuration that looks female, what we call female, right? Yeah. You could have, but you could a have a body the hormonal that looks female. Signature yeah. Of a yeah. Or you could have the chromosomes of a, of a male, right? You could have an XY. Yeah. You can be XY. And then you can have something called androgen insensitivity, which means your little fetus brain doesn't respond to the androgens that are supposed to develop you male. Because we all start out what we call female in the womb. You have Mm. to be acted upon to turn into a male. You have to have the sheer will (laughs) to to grow the penis. You have to really... Exactly. uh, I speak from experience. When you're like a fetus, you have to be like, (laughs) come on, penis. Uh, you have to want it. It's like the wishing hat. Like, which which house the sorting hat? Which house am I going to sort you into? The female or the male? And like, oh, please, male, please, male, please, male. Oh, so you want to go to the male one? All right. Yeah. That's so being a, a man is a man. being a Gryffindor, and you know what? This makes sense. <laughs> being a, yes, because Gryffindors, Gryffindors are boys. Foolhardy assholes. Um, That's like true. men. Like, yeah. uh, and that's why we have, um, uh, deer ladies running around mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> because if you're, well, actually, you know, I, I did think that was interesting. I mean, I'm not being precious, but in the freaks and geeks episode, Neil uses the word goddess to refer to Cindy, but the meeting with the goddess is Ken entering this love for 
his girlfriend who is kind of transcending the sex binary. And when I say meeting with the goddess, I'm just referring to obviously the Campbellian concept of the part in the story where you go. It happens at the bottom of the of the circle. It happens at the at the other side of that threshold. Sam's meeting with the goddess was his talk with his sister who gave him yeah. sage uh, advice. Mm-hmm. And who is Ken's meeting with the goddess? Well, I think I think it's Franco. I think it's when he has the conversation where he's opening up to her and being intimate and telling her that he was raised by a nanny and that he doesn't connect with his parents. There's something very um, intimate about that. You know, and anyway, this is a term that screenwriters throw around, right? And like a hack screenwriter just would be like, this is the part where he fucks the girl, right? Like that's that's kind of like uh, what that's about. There's a sexual component oh. to it. Oh, my thinking about this case has gotten so rigid, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. I get it now. Exactly, and then exactly. Sol- solves the case because the goddess opened yes. up his mind. I think it's interesting that we have uh, the other episode. We have a actual female deity in the person of the dear lady. Yeah, who is very specifically a vengeance sort of goddess, you might say, a justice spirit mm-hmm. who kills who- bad men, specifically bad men who drink she says you're gonna drink you're gonna be a shit ass <laughs> you're gonna want to turn into a shit ass I you're gonna want to you're gonna want to <laughs> run around they, every, they call everyone a shit ass that's like it's so th- good that's like dipshit and uh she asshole. says you're gonna want to run around having a bunch of kids all over the place and never seeing them like your dad yeah all these kids so heavy have missing fathers mm-hmm. i think freaks and yeah. geeks too they had a lot of father issues right like Mm-hmm. Franco, yeah. I don't think has a dad, or at least in the picture. Yeah, his dad's not around or something. Uh, Busy Phillips. I, she has a really bad home life. A bad home life. I forgot exactly what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a theme of bad or missing parents in mm-hmm. both shows. And yeah, just this, the spirit of, it's almost um, a lot of these mythologies are, are a wish list of which which we who we wish were out there like. Mm, Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there is no half deer, beautiful yeah. woman walking around killing shit asses. Yeah. We wish there were. But it's a good warning. It's a good way to warn little boys. Like, I believe it really happened. Okay, I believe everything. But I believe nothing. feel so that. That's cool. I also feel that we we're deep in his POV and. I believe in he nothing. <laughs> He experiences, you know, seeing the dear lady kill these robbers. Um, mm-hmm. That's how he remember. That's how he's remembering it these these years later. He remembers seeing a woman get into a car many years ago, and then he remembers a woman saying to him, "I'm the dear lady. I I'm, you know, you you know." But I think in a metaphorical way, this is like something that adult women can say to little boys: is like, "Don't when you grow up, you have to be a good man, mm. or the dear their dear lady will get you." Is like saying Krampus will get you or whatever if you don't. Slender Man. <laughs> if uh, you're not nice. Or the Grinch. Yeah, Satan. Man. I mean. God, we're fucked up people. We we tell our kids <laughs> all of these imaginary things mm-hmm. will get them if they're not. They don't follow I our know. rules. Well, actually. But that... we need them to. It's funny. Like 
there's truth on both sides. Like, I don't want to follow your society's rules. But on the other side, like, yeah, you kind of have to. Like, when you're raising kids, you have to be like, you have to follow society's <laughs> rules most of the time. Mm-hmm. Even if you're... Yeah. Even if you're a rebellious, progressive, uh, you know, champion for justice and freedom, you have to follow society's rules almost all the time. Mm-hmm. And you really have to learn that. Yeah. And also, you realize when you're raising kids that you only get so so many opportunities to sit down and lecture them about anything right like there's only so many times you have a captive audience to tell them any life lessons it's hard to you have to take your opportunities to demonstrate things so that's why for thousands of years people have told fairy tale stories to their kids and slipped in these little morals like Mm. hey you know what you can't do you can't go by yourself wandering around woods and then talk to a strange guy makes them if he looks like a wolf yeah exactly (laughs) get away from him it'll be a a wolf in disguise <laughs> yeah. and it'll eat. Or like, or like tales about how, and then this princess had to marry this guy and he was a murderer. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it just, it, it just is like, you're just explaining to kids that there's he people out there who will kill. But he was evil. Gotta watch out. Um, or just basic yeah. stuff. Like you gotta be good. You gotta teach kids that handsome people are the devil. <laughs> as we learned, on. as we learned in freaks and geeks, attractive people are not always cool. Yeah. And as, as Neil says, say, of course. I would say after flipping so. through Tinder for years, attractive people are never cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I am not on Tinder and we did not meet on Tinder, so I can laugh at that yeah. because I don't count So that's as not a, a direct affront <laughs> to direct, our, our it, relationship. Yeah, like it is, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't go by looks. It, it's funny though the idea of I mean Seinfeld in Seinfeld they had a whole thing about hand uh, hand being mean, being short term a uh, uh, short for upper hand oh. in a relationship so oh. George was always like if he was dating somebody pretty she had hand meaning that uh-huh. he can't do anything wrong because she has the upper hand in the relationship like right he's the one that would get dumped. Mm-hmm. And then after, at, at some point, he like found something out about this girl and he's like, now I have hand. Oh my God. Now I'm in charge. And then she dumped him and she was like, <laughs> and he goes, I had hand. And she goes, and you're going to need it. Oh my God. Um, it's really funny, but it's the idea in this one that the girl is out of his league and she really is. <laughs> she <laughs> looks like she's an adult and he looks like he's a child and yeah, there's a there's They're a stark probably height, the same age, difference. but it's that age when yeah. girls have gone through a growth spurt, and she's like a foot taller, <laughs> and yeah. she's more developed, and she just looks more adult, um, and she's definitely out of his league. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and you can it's... date hot people. I mean, you can dump hot people. You can do both. You can do can be done. You can do anything to hot people. <laughs> you don't, yeah, you don't have to, to accept bad behavior from someone just because they are pretty. Or just because they, no, it's not because they're pretty, but because they are allowing you to sleep with them <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Right. You can't, um, there is something in, in, I, I, think I remember I'd... from sociology, I think it's called like perceived mate value mm. or something. And, and it has to do with like, if one person in the relationship believes there to be a stark imbalance, it's not a good sign. Usually if one person sure. is like, well, I'm clearly the I hot one. Better. It's like, that's not a good. That's not in a good fact, sign if either if either partner thinks that there's a a relationship is only works if both partners think they can't do any better. <laughs> 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 then this should be a T-shirt. <laughs> the best place to be is both partners going. 
Yeah, that's, that's about the best I can pull that. <laughs> the hold down, you know. Like, especially because, um, like, hot people are high maintenance, and I'm lazy, you know. I'm not yeah, saying you're not we, hot, but say I'm hot, saying we're that, We're talking like, about people who are going to the you, gym all day. People who are, like, these dieting These people on Tinder who are on yachts, these people are high maintenance. Yes, and I'm not as tan as them. You know what I mean? My stomach, my tummy's not as flat as theirs. I would have theirs, to work but, so hard. But I could make you, you know, I could sweep the but floor. But you're, all, you're a great partner. <laughs> I can be a you're, good... You're beautiful <laughs> and awesome. You're not a swimsuit model, which isn't an, an insult. It's <laughs> no, it's not what I do. Just a different type of person. In my days. And yeah. I don't want that because it's it would be just... Yeah. So much work. You so though. much fucking day. And <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd be so tired. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to walk. My well, that's true, honestly, though, because, right, the more athletic you get, the more athletic you get. So I think I'd probably be exhausting you. I would just be. But then you then would become more if athletic you, by, you know, if, if you I got was making more you. <laughs> athletic, then I would have to get more athletic. And then suddenly we'd be one of these <laughs> preposterous Hermosa Beach couples that wear like oh. izod shirts to the sushi bar oh god i don't want to do that what a specific thing hermosa beach <laughs> izod i was like geez the writers have been on strike for two weeks and you're you're bursting at the seams with dennis miller style <laughs> <laughs> i, I <laughs> just know some uh people uh. from college that might have gone that route um sure they're not bad people dear lady if you're listening don't kill my college friends. <laughs> but yeah, you know, what I'm saying is live and let live. But uh, yuppies, y- y'all are uh, too too much for me. <laughs> live and let live and, and perhaps let the margins of the sex binary, which is a yeah. spectrum or call it a rainbow if you'd like. And stop saying the science behind a gender binary. It's not. It's literally yeah. made up by old men in castles two thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't mistake don't mistake the science. fact that there's two halves to a breeding pair. We all know there's two halves to a breeding pair. It's basic shit. That doesn't yeah. that doesn't mean all humans can be lumped in to one of those two categories. We can say Generally, sure. if, if humans successfully mate, generally one of them has this set of genitals. One of them's got this set of genitals. That's usually how it works. You Look, need an ovary. You need this. Humans are going to mate and multiply. You don't have to enforce it. We don't exactly. It. We don't have to worry about that. It's fine. Y'all, Thank you. Government and these white men in suits, you don't have to force people to get pregnant. It's going to happen. Yeah. You just have to let them have configurations that don't get pregnant. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, just... Anybody, the fucking is not for uh, expanding the human species. We're doing fine. Fucking is for fun. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a shirt. Fucking is for fun. Yes. And Republicans. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, you know, the thing is that we're at the precipice of singularity, right? We're, we're right on the edge of an explosion of novelty. We have no idea what's going to happen. And we knew this was going to happen with gender. We knew sure. 20 years ago, 40 years ago, people were saying there will be androgyny in the future and things will be much less gendered. It's always like that in, in you know, retro every, futuristic sci-fi. I was going to say, Neil Stevenson, like all, every like sci-fi book. They're all wearing jumper, jumpsuits, all the same. And, and people <laughs> in, in uh, several sci-fi books uh, have animal parts, octopus uh, sure. arms. Yeah, uh, we knew transhumanism. Antlers. You know. 
It people, was called, people it was today called transhumanism because we, we knew. We have the technology. People have antlers embedded in their head surgically. Yeah. We can do it. You know we can what? do whatever you want. And there isn't a gender. There is not even a, a recreation binary because we have test tubes that have a mixture of many different people in them. Mm-hmm. And we make babies that way too. That That's a arguably a sexual act between multiple mm-hmm. people together, that's which true. results in one yeah. fertilized And we egg. don't even call them tubies anymore. And uh, the idea that because the technology is new, it's not valid or it's somehow evil or against. Mm-hmm. No, man, we're going to have surgery. In fact, like, I know I was, somebody showed me a picture of Madonna with <laughs> her new. Oh, boy. Uh, face face and i admit it i laughed i thought mm-hmm. it was funny but i but my point but my in my heart of hearts leave madonna the fuck alone if she wants to look like a monster <laughs> look like a fucking monster and she does she looks crazy but i don't give it like we have the technology to make your yeah. face into some weird pointed uh ghoul <laughs> do it you should actually you should have do that. it and, and, and yeah do what you want i want to say like to conservatives and right wingers like you may think it's weird if somebody got their dick cut off in, in a surgery and had it you can think it's weird that's yeah. fine to think it's weird i think it's fine if somebody wants to do that you might think it's weird who cares people are allowed to be fucking weird yeah you know you can think madonna looks weird or sigwell or whatever All, uh, meg ryan was made fun of in page six or something yeah. recently for plastic surgery and you know it is kind of funny when you can see <laughs> people have changed themselves and it is a little un, yeah. it's you know less common but it's often done to reinforce the sex binary right in a way and often these surgeries are things plastic like surgery having yeah. bigger tits right that are supposed to mimic exactly their, and, and and plastic the people you, that want to ban trans do you want to ban boob reduction or boob not reduction boob enhancement enhancement but exactly that's, that's been around okay for because Women should have boobs, right? Is their reasoning? Yeah. So it's fine. And, and they yeah. like they want to see boobs, but yeah. um, that's just as quote unquote weird or or un- less or un- uncommon or or not. Uh, mm-hmm. What does Homer say? You know, it's, it's not, not usual. usual. <laughs> but, um, but but like cares? you said, like, it is about people freedom. Are to be weird. It's about personal freedom. And there's freedom. technology. You can implant horns in your head. Yeah, it's you about can personal freedom your and that whole face. You can. Yeah. Turn yourself different shades and patterns, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> like, my dad was always like, yeah, people who tattoo themselves are, have a mental illness. And I'm like, no, they're just weird to you, you know? Yeah. Who cares? How does it affect you at all? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 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 the thing. It's always about, it's always about what, where does it personally affect you? And it's always about they're afraid that their children are going to learn that some this something something is okay. They're afraid their children yeah. are going to learn that some that other people do certain things. Guess what? They're going to learn it. In fact, they're going to learn it faster if you're making such a big fuss about it than if it was just normal in the world. It wouldn't be as fascinating for kids today. Yeah. Listen, I'm 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 very conflicted about the fact that my kids know not the full definition. But they know what a furry is, right? <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? In in my day, when I learned about furries, this was like we like were like in your twenties, right? Yeah, maybe in my teens. But but I remember it being first of all, it was a it was a a sort of a scandalous panic thing where it was like these people are doing this sexual thing and it's it's very it's crazy mm-hmm. what they're doing. <laughs> Everyone was like in a, in a, in a fuss about it, like 
they they're they're having sex with each other and they think they're animals and, it's Andy like, Rin- and it was very much like did you know that there's people <laughs> who dress up as raccoons and they think it's sexual <laughs> that, that, what's with these people oh, <laughs> he yeah. said, now it's seinfeld, now it's seinfeld. what's <laughs> with these people <laughs> Yeah, but like, you know what I mean? I don't want them to see certain aspects of that. But also, just as they know that there are men and women that are married to each other, but they don't know what heterosexual sex is yet, Mm -hmm. not all of that is visible to children. (laughs) They don't always know every aspect of something. And and yeah, that's why it's... In a way, like, you know, trans visibility is important. And and your kids, this generation, sees trans people. They know who they Mm -hmm. are already. They know who gay people. They know that women are married to women and men are married to mm-hmm. men. And um, but in a way, the the cynical political posturing of conservatives against trans people, mm-hmm. it it's just being used as a surgical as as a cudgel to, you know, to split people and make them vote. You know, tax cuts for millionaires because they're afraid of people. Yeah, of that are different from them. It's all about just taxes and money. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. actual trans people. But what it does do is increase visibility. And, you mm-hmm. know, we weren't talking about people who were trans when I was a kid. Right. So I didn't even, you know, I learned Except much for like later. Christine Jorgensen or whatever was a tennis player. Is she I, a tennis I player? No, I'm getting that wrong. I still haven't heard of Christine Jorgensen. <laughs> there were a few like famous, but it was what was called sex change back in the day. Yeah, there were you, a few like you know you I would hear of it, but it was changes, like a medical marvel. Probably not until college, and you know maybe, yeah, started hearing. It, it wasn't when I was seven. I didn't yeah, hear yeah, about yeah. Sex um, I didn't know men could have long hair until I was ten. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know what I'm getting at. In, in that, it, it it's not that it's better that this conservative stupid conservative movement but it actually is doing the opposite of what they want it to do which is mm-hmm. increasing trans visibility and kids are seeing trans people and they're inured like it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't bother them and that's why yeah. you know it's not going to be an issue in 15 years because this generation is seeing them partially because of all the stupid bad publicity that conservatives right. and republicans are are doing but mm-hmm. <clears throat> when they get to be adults they're it's not going to even be a question that trans people exist and yeah have rights um at least that's my optimistic side says yeah and we can chalk just a little bit of that up to freaks and geeks for this episode <laughs> because this was this counts as uh, as representation that I think, I think it, it you know I think it won some right you know I think it was praised by by uh, intersex uh, groups at the time, trans mm-hmm. groups at the time uh, for for being rather sensitive on the topic, um, and I think it holds up. Jeffrey I think it's, you know loved it. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> of middle sex. <laughs> oh man, Jeffrey Eugenides is famously the uh, I mean just a cis dude. Who yeah. wrote that book? It was not really a memoir, but it's a, I mean, I've, I've read, I've read that book a couple times. It's really good. <laughs> in Middlesex is a fake memoir of a person who has androgynous chromosomes. Yes, pattern. who's intersexed. Um, it's, it's more about, it's like a Greek family history, but it, 
but it's part of the family history is that a brother and a sister fuck. So that's where the Hot. that's where the uh, the rare genetic uh, condition expresses itself because it was recessive. Uh, but anyway, mm. so so that yeah, he right. he grows up to be a, a trans man. Another reason conservatives should stop listening to, and watching so much fucking incest porn is because you're just making more trans people. <laughs> <laughs> is that offensive? <laughs> but if it's recessive. If if, if 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 non-standard patterns are recessive, then it literally incest creates more androgynous I mean, you, people you could, to be you born. Could, you could argue that. Sure, you could argue that. Because <laughs> you it, could argue. <laughs> because it clumps together. Sure. Re- when you clump together recessive traits, they're right. more, they, they come out more. So if you're saying that androgyny, mm-hmm. that sexual, scientific sexual androgyny is... Uh, a recessive trait than literally incest. What I'm saying is, conservatives, <laughs> stop fucking your cousins. Yeah. It's not helping your case. It's really not. We return to our perennial topic. <laughs> Don't fuck your cousin. This episode is brought to you by Don't Fuck Your Cousin.net. <laughs> Don't go there. Please don't go. What? Well. What did we learn today? What did we learned? That um, kids are dumb. When you have friends, you gotta hang out. And you have... Don't get in a car with a dear lady if you are shit ass that's right don't be a shit ass that's that's basically what we learned both those shows were be about being a shit ass uh, yeah learning not to be one learning not to be a shit ass mm-hmm. be a good man if you're a man be a good woman if you're a woman be a good whatever in between you want to be mm-hmm. just be, a be good, good. if you're not a person then I don't know if you're listening to this <laughs> you're understanding it. If you're a dog or cat, for example. Yeah. Just continue staring. Dogs are by nature shit asses. <laughs> Cats are uh, by nature dear ladies who exact revenge <laughs> on their owners in their sleep. And this has been BDFM TV. This is us discussing TV on the radio. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thanks for watching. Um we uh we can be found on Twitter slash Instagram at PDFM Pod. Mm-hmm. We're also on Patreon at BDFM slash slash BDFM Pod. BDFM Pod. It's mostly BDFM Pod, except for on um eh, I don't know. Uh we're at Garage TV. Garage TV is our network. That's G R A G E dot T V. You can download the app on your iPhone or Android or just go to the uh, website on your browser and find the podcast there. Mm-hmm. It's slash BDFM. Yeah, I think actually slash BDFM pod will work. Oh, as they both well. work, yeah. For the episode. Um, yeah. And then we, we put the uh, watch longs up there and you can become a subscriber of Garage TV. You can download my games such as space captain pinball off that website mm-hmm. side note we're still looking for a name for our uh our our devoted fans 
you know, every good podcast seems to have a name for their fan base. So we're going to have to come up with one eventually. Um, it might be pinballs. Probably not. <laughs> uh, I might put that, you know, it's going to be something good though. What up, pinballs? <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny thing to call somebody. Welcome back, pinballs, to the show. Yeah, it, we'll think um, of something. PD, FM, nuts. <laughs> BD's nuts. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, wait, no, nuts. wait. You said your fans would have to be called D's nuts. I did? Uh, no, well, you said that just now. Well, I think it was a joke that we've, it's a joke that, that has been made, I believe, because you said if, if, if I just had fans of my, my own, they'd be called D's nuts. <laughs> 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 I swear. This has been BDFM TV. I've been D. I've been B. And as always, the FM stands for Fawn Mutations. All right. We'll see you again another day. Another day, another episode of TV. <laughs> Every day. We're going to release 10 of these a day from now on. That's Keep too listening. Many. <laughs> <laughs> Is that too many? <laughs> Ten a day? Might be a couple too many. We'll look into it.